Hello, everyone. Welcome to Outspoken. My name is Justin White. I am your host, but I'm going to stop saying that I'm your host, because I think by now, 84 episodes in, uh, you know that. You know that that's who I am. And so it shall be henceforth assumed that uh, the man who begins speaking at the beginning of every episode of this show is, in fact, myself, the host. Okay, last time I'll say it. So my guest this week, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, It is my one and only most beloved brother, Eric White. Um, he and I have a long history together, as you may imagine. Um, we, you know, there aren't that many things that we haven't already discussed with, with each other. Um, so it was a little bit odd even trying to come up with ideas for where to start or what to, where to, what to do, what to talk about. Um, so we basically treated it like we would a phone call, uh, a not unusual three and a half hour long phone call. And we talked about all kinds of stuff. And I did try to get to some of our background and Eric, especially his early years, um, things that led up to his current life. And I didn't ask him too many straightforward questions about being a painter or about style or technique or anything like that. Um, Because there are other interviews where he's talked about all that stuff. So I focused more on uh, our family and my perspective of him and uh, his perspective of me and such. So uh, I hope you enjoy. We we wanted to do this in person. We had been waiting um, since you know very early on in the podcast, and all along our intention was to sit face to face and have a conversation. But uh, as it became more and more clear that that is unlikely to happen for some time to come, uh, we decided it was time. It's we just went for it. So um, he was painting while we talked. I was drawing. Uh, we're both a little bit distracted, maybe. And um, also, we started at one thirty in the morning and went till I don't know four forty four four forty one. And um, so we get a little spacey and tired, uh, but it should still be a mostly accurate representation of the two of us albeit tired and spacey. Um, So rather than talk more about what we talked about, let's just get to the talking about it. You entered two, three, two, three. If this is correct, say yes or accept or press one. You ready? Um, Anything come to mind? You You were here earlier than me. You had four years... Uh, head start. Do you want to talk about what life was like before my arrival? What you remember of it? I don't really remember much. Is there any part of that from like before age four that you like being a toddler with with both 
parents and such? Not really. I, I, I think I remember it through photographs now of me or of that time, you know? Yeah, so remember just luck gets triggered. Because I was born in Ann Arbor, but I don't remember. But then we moved out of Ann Arbor. I don't remember any of that. And then we moved back when I was two. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't really remember. What I remember is, you know, I still have the note that mom left for me when I, uh, when she had to go to the hospital. You still have it? Yeah. That's uh, awesome. Incredible. What does it say? I should have pulled it out for this, but I actually, it's, it's not here anyway. Um, can you summarize it? Not, not well, but it was just something like, you know, cause I think, I think, I think it was going to be, I think nanny was going to stay with us or stay with me. I mean, it was something like we're going to the hospital to, 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 you know, get your brother <laughs> something like that I, I don't remember it was really sweet and i'm really glad that i have it yeah that's awesome yeah i want to see it um so you don't but you don't have any memory of being like a, a two-year-old before like or do you remember when i don't think so i, I wonder what it's one uh one memory and i just don't know what age i was but of mom introducing me to someone and saying, uh, Oh, he's shy. And I remember just that that made me so pissed off that she just labeled me like that to, to this person. And I, and I didn't have it, not that I would have, cause I was shy, but something about it just pissed me off. And that that's one of my earliest memories. Like wow. I'm told that I, you know, that I, that I was shy. Yeah. And what age do you think you were? Just, well, I don't know. That that might have been before. You. That's what that's what I mean. I don't know. Okay. It was very young, but wow. Yeah, I totally get that. We don't like being labeled. Um, but I mean, I was shy, but it it just it's just something about it I didn't like. Well, you're shy, but you're also other things, and I don't think any kid likes to be. I don't think any human wants to be labeled with one. Defined like that. Yeah. It's just not good for us. We're all multifaceted in so many ways, in so many different arenas, and yeah. every different style is expressed. And yeah, but it was it was an innocent thing, but I for sure for whatever reason it just stuck with me. Well, so that's one of my earliest. It's it. It seems like it's always the earliest memories are all, are mostly traumatic. Like, yeah, I guess that's why they're still there. But yeah, they stick a little better than the yeah. happy ones. Do you remember your first happy memory? I don't think I do. Um, no way I could pinpoint it. Oh, also, yeah, I do remember. I do remember being driven to nursery school, and I have some memories of nursery school. So that would have been before you were around. Did uh, you go to the same? Did you go to CDC? No, I went to Clonlara. Oh, you were in Birmingham. No, I was in Ann Arbor when oh, I was three. It was after two. Okay. Um. Wait, where was that? I don't know. It it was out just somehow it was down Eisenhower and uh, I don't know. I never really knew where that was later on, but it, it was wasn't very I didn't I don't think it was very far from our house. 
What were your, what, do you have some memories of preschool or just a general feeling of how, how you liked it? Or if you like it? I just have one image of standing there kind of alone, just staring at kids playing or something (laughs) and not playing with them. And then I just have a memory of, we drove some, we would drive this other girl, uh, we would pick her up. I don't know who it was. I can't remember, but we would pick her up and drive her. And I was in the front seat and she was in the back and she would just be jumping around completely <laughs> plastic. And I remember just sitting there just so pissed off and not saying anything. <laughs> just so annoyed by her. I don't know why I was so judgmental that young, but I, but I, I just, I, that, those are the only two memories I have of that. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Well, probably cause she was in your space you know, and, and fully occupying it with their energy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm mad at her too. Okay, good. Yeah. But, um, well, it is interesting that that stuff starts so early, not just for you, but. Yeah, it's true. Um, like we are pretty much designed that way. Our brains are just, they're just, writing rules and trying to differentiate between this and that. It's a great design. Yeah, really great. Works out really well for almost everyone. Yeah, definitely the vast majority. Well, that we can blame on culture, I think, more than on the brain's design. Um, The fact that it doesn't actually work that well a lot of the time. Yeah, I guess. But cultures have arisen out of, you know, or alongside our prejudices. So it's hard to ex- extract one from the other. Mm. Um, but I have a ton of memories from my preschool days, just specifically about what went on at preschool mm-hmm. and not much else. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have a lot of other from that time period, but, and the ones that stand out are the ones that were obviously they're more formative, the the sort of dramatic ones. Right. Setting a fire or things like that. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I don't really, it's just weird because I don't remember dad moving out, but he moved out when I was old enough to know what that, what was happening. And I, you know, and I think, uh, I'm sure it was traumatic, but I, but for, I think I really did just block it out. And for the longest time, I remember just thinking for years and years as I got older, like, yeah, it didn't really affect me that they got divorced when I was seven. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, which is just kind of funny and naive, but I really didn't think it did. And then until I got into therapy, then, oh yeah, I didn't know that actually had an impact on me when I was, you know, at that age. Right. Just a teeny tiny one. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't have, I think, but I think you are, you know, I think you're able to just kind of, I don't know how, how that works either. You know, you just kind of shut that down or you compartmentalize or something.
wanted to you know, talk a little bit about community, what it was like to go to community mm-hmm. as opposed to Pioneer, because you went to both. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like your life changed dramatically yeah, the instant you walked in the doors. Yeah. And I know, I remember noticing the difference. And aside from not always being able to participate, which I basically always did want to, you know, with you and your friends, right. um, I feel like I at least got, I just got a really strong sense that it was good for you. It was like a really great decision in your life to go to community yeah. high. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm glad I was able to, to do that. Um, I mean, there was resistance to it. But... Can you describe what it is, what it is though, for the listeners? Cause I don't, you do a better job of saying what kind of school it was. Well, I mean, there were two massive public schools in Ann Arbor, just based on, you know, just two different districts basically. Um, and then there was this kind of, there was a, when each of those were about 2000 students, I believe. And went up to 2,700 by the time I was. Wow. Senior. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember, I remember it was around 2000 because maybe it was over 2000. I just remember that I, after high school, I went to RISD and I remember that Pioneer was bigger than RISD. Um, That's amazing. But yeah, so there was just a third public school downtown that was a fraction of the size and, you know, was, was kind of renowned for its theater and music and art programs and had the highest grade point average uh, per capita, I think, yeah, than any school, including including the private school. Amazing. And it... it yeah, so it's like it was sort of like fame in the Midwest. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I uh, guess it sort of was, but it just was. I mean, you know, going from like a really kind of idyllic elementary school into a horrible junior high experience, and then a pretty horrible high school experience. Uh, I mean, it kind of got better. I guess each year, but not by much. And then when I, well, when my really good friend at the time, uh, so he did pioneer for a minute and then was like, no, I can't deal with this. I'm going to community. And well, I guess that was in 10th grade. So I was aware of it and I would hear what it was like there and how it compared and it, it drove me nuts to not be able to go go there i wish i could have gone for the entire you know for all four years right but i only went for senior year and uh but what me too by the way you wish you had gone yeah absolutely i wish i'd gone to community but i feel lucky that i got to go for one at least yeah um and i at that at that point i still didn't know that i was going to go to art school, but I knew that I didn't like being accused of uh, tracing in my, by my art teacher at Pioneer. Which you weren't doing. No, I wasn't tracing, but she was convinced that, and I just found somehow I still have the grade, the grades from that, that one, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how I still have this, but I have the, that class 
and it was each assignment and a letter grade for each assignment. And I think that like they were all A's, B's, A's, B's. And then there was just this D or F or something for that. It didn't, it didn't say what the assignment was, but I, I remember it perfectly. And, you know, so she just accused me of, of tracing this thing. And I said, no, I didn't. I, I, I looked at it and I drew it and she, so she, yeah, she failed me on that assignment because she didn't believe me. But did you get it rectified? No. No? No. Did that stands as a failing grade on this an assignment? Yeah, still, yeah, I still have the paper to prove it, yeah. I will sue, though. You should. It's definitely it's uh, I think the statute of limitations is like 40 years on being accused of tracing. It's one of the few where it's uh, it's indefinite. There is no... Yeah. No, but I, and then there was also the... the, the I was In my mechanical drawing class... Mr. Church, I was, I was, uh, I did the assignment. We had an in-class assignment just to draw some machine part with, you know, protractors and templates and all that. So I did that. And then I just pulled out this other drawing that I've been working on for a really long time. That was for my after school art program, uh, which is a whole other story. But, um, the drawing was of a, like a, skeleton in front of a brick wall with like miniature it was people just it was little miniature people assembling a body so it was a drawing of a skeleton and then these little workers were like building up the the skin i guess or the muscles and the skin on the on the skeleton mm -hmm. and so the guy the the teacher uh did you have that guy mr church i don't think i did i, I would have to know the name of the other oh wait I did. We, oh God. You go on. I, I can't remember. Well, I was just going to see if you remembered his physical appearance. But anyway, he was a was large he? man. Okay. And I just remember, and, you know, we were set up so our backs were to him. You know, his desk was behind us and all, you know, we were all facing. I don't know why it was set up that way. It should have been the opposite. But I remember my back being to him. So he could keep his eye. I hear, yeah. I just hear him like lumbering over. And he just comes up next to me and sees what I'm doing. And he motions for me to get out of the, my own seat. And he sits down and like, just like this labored, like oh, sighs and sits down. And then he just grabbed my pencil and started writing on the drawing. Dear Mrs. White, this is the type of thing that Eric is wasting his time on in class. Oh, and he just signed it Mr. Church. But didn't he write it right over the... Yeah, he drew it on the drawing, yeah. And didn't he, I even remember like putting a big X through the. No, he didn't do that. Okay. Cause you had to, you, I remember you trying to repair the drawing after that, like trying to fix what you could to. Well, I, I took it, I think, I don't know if it, I, it might've been the same day. It probably was if I just took it out of that class and then went to my weekly private drawing class, which saved my ass really well, you know, because the classes I took with Kay were just really a saving grace because I cause that I was see, I was having classes with her even when I was in the at Pioneer with the you know right I mean yeah and we we I took classes there with Kay as well not as many yeah but and Jason and a couple other yeah. Pals. But at this point, it was just me and these other people I didn't really know. And I remember we just I just brought that thing in and we all kind of 
I mean, it, it was pretty upsetting at the time and humiliating and all the other, every single other kid is just staring at what's happening. He's drawing, like writing on my drawing. I didn't remember him. I didn't know he sat in your seat. And- yeah, he, he like motioned for me to get out of my seat and he sat there. That's bizarre. Yeah. And then, uh, but then by the time I got to the class, we all just laughed about it. And we're just like, what, you know, what a jackass for doing that. And then we, we were, it was great because, you know, and then, and then she helped me figure out a way to cut his part out. We took a Xerox of it with that. So we could just have a document, like, you know, the actual like evidence. Well, yeah, well, it was just, it was just, you know, to have it. Cause we, we, at that point we thought it was funny. Right. And it wasn't for evidence. It was just, so we had a record of it and then we just, we just cut it out and then matted it and framed it in this really beautiful way. So you wouldn't have, you know, you wouldn't know that was there. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So you were totally, obviously he was right. You were totally wasting your time mm-hmm. and it didn't amount to anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, my recollection of being coming along and and getting to the age where I was conscious of you and who you were was that you were drawing most all of the time. Like any time that we had free time, that was what you went for. Yeah. And um, and I loved sitting there with you drawing and usually trying to draw exactly what you were drawing. <laughs> And never quite getting it, but um, but just being, you know, just enthralled by what you could do, mm. and uh, and I think I remember you saying that you knew at that, like at age four, that you wanted to be a painter. I don't remember that, and I don't, I don't, I I just did it naturally. I didn't really think about it, you know. But I thought you actually had a conversation with mom where she asked you what. And, and you just definitively said, I want to be a painter. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> Maybe that's mom's memory. Maybe. I remember wanting to work at Fisher Price. At Fisher Price? Yeah. That's awesome. Was really good. But then, you know, there was, a, there, through high school, I wasn't even really considering it at all. I suppose when I switched to community, there was, there, there was, maybe that was in my mind to some degree, I don't remember exactly the chronology of it all, but I do know that, you know, I'd been having classes with Kay for a number of years and then she was really the one. And I just confirmed this recently that, you know, well, it was, it was, it was Rob Absharian and it was Kay Gould Kasky who, you know, basically my um, dad and mom separately apparently called her and said, you, you know, you have to talk him out of, okay. So I, I I didn't really know what the hell I was going to do until I decided that I was going to pursue art. I, I, I just didn't think that was a viable option for a long time for whatever reason. And so I was trying to scramble and figure out what the hell I was going to do, what I wanted to study. Right. Um, but I really, I think uh, if it weren't for Kay, I don't know what would have happened because they both independently called her while, you know, I was still having the weekly class. And at that point I was starting to consider it and she was really encouraging. 
and I guess they each called her to try to dissuade me from pursuing that. They they wanted me to get it some kind of other, you know, some kind of degree, real degree, and then mom and dad both did that independently of one another. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, I didn't know at the time, of course. That's crazy. And then she just to both of them was like, "Look, you got to listen to your kid." That's so amazing. Because she well, saw that you had it. That was part of it, but all, it was that. It was also that she, you know, I mean, she said something like, oh, yeah, he, he definitely has the ability to do, you know, he'll get in somewhere. And, um, but I didn't, yeah, so I didn't know at the time, but, but she was instrumental in that. When did you learn that? Um, I don't know. I can't remember. Not that long yeah, after that, but then I just yeah. recently kind of got more details on it. But anyway, and also Rob uh, was just really encouraging about my abilities and stuff because I, I wasn't that secure about it. You know, I knew I could draw. I knew I could draw better than some people, but there were definitely people that were better than me. Well, Rob was was good at drawing. So yeah, Rob was fantastic. So was Bobby Rowe. Yeah, so they, they, they were um, – so they, I, mean, I definitely looked up to both those guys because they could draw in a different, you know, just in a different way. And they could do like Rob could just draw a hot rod with chrome wheels. And I didn't know how to do that. And it was really amazing to watch that. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so. Okay, thank you for that. Because I don't, I don't know. I don't think I don't know what would have happened if it weren't for her kind of advocating for me and standing up for me and saying, you know, you need to listen to your son because he knows what's best for him. That's so That's Thank God they did because they didn't have to. They could, you know, they paid, they paid for, I mean, they split my college. And I'm really grateful for that, but they could have said, no, we're, we're paying for it. You're going to U of M or whatever. Right. Well, they did insist that you apply to U of M. Yeah, that's true. Well, mom did. Mom did. And it. I understand because I, I knew, I just, for some reason didn't know, I, even before I knew of any other art school in the country, I was aware of RISD and I don't know why. And they did take me there when I was two years old. And I have no recollection of it, but there's a photo of mom holding me in Providence when I was two. That's so awesome. Yeah. Must, and, and must I, be, it must've sunk in somehow. Yeah. I don't know. I just always knew of that school and I always had this kind of, uh, I was kind of, I don't know. I just, I was interested in it. And I was, even though I didn't think I was going to go to art school until the very last minute. Um, but when I did decide, um, and then when I switched schools and, you know, really got close with the art teachers there and let them know my plan and they were helping me develop a portfolio and all that. But I, I knew I wanted to go there and I didn't want to go anywhere else. And, and it, it kind of, drove mom up the wall because, and it completely, I completely understand her, you know, like her thinking like, well, you might want to have a backup, stupid, right. you know? It's super uh, hard to get into and it's super expensive. And, but you were totally set on that as your only. Yeah. But yeah, as soon as I decided it was, it was, it was just had to be that or nothing. You know, she was like, are you crazy? Why don't you apply to a couple other, you know? I was like, nah, and she said, what if you don't get in? And I was just like, ah, I'll figure it out then. I I remember you feeling pretty strongly that you were going to go there. 
And I remember some of those conversations too, where it was like, I don't, I'm not going to, well, what I really remember is it wasn't at Christmas Eve, you had to write your U of M essay and you still haven't done it. Yeah. So we were at our grandparents' house and I I was just in like trapped in a little den. I couldn't come out until I finished this stupid essay. I remember that being like a battle. Yeah, that was, that was ugly. And it sucked for me too, because I wanted to do that. I wanted to hang out with you, but instead of just sitting there watching you and mom argue for like eight hours and uh procrastination always pays off yep for sure and you did finish but i feel like it was like early morning hours i don't know it sucked it ruined the whole you know you guys were out there and and i was just (laughs) in there just writing some horrible essay on Christmas Eve. No idea. Yeah. Uh, Why was Christmas Day the cutoff? It doesn't make any sense. Because I think she'd probably been telling me. Well, they're probably. I don't know. I don't remember. But there was probably. She had probably been hounding me about it for a long time, and I just ignored it. You know. Well, definitely. But I thought I had the sense it was like an actual deadline from the school. Which <laughs> weird. Yeah, that Christmas Day would be a weird one. <laughs> it's absolutely mandatory. <laughs> well it was the the law had been laid yeah so you so you only applied to RISD and U of M yeah and you did you get into U of M I can't remember um like later I got waitlisted or something but you got into RISD before you needed to worry about yeah uh I think so I think so and I don't remember but but yeah I think so and then that was just a done deal, right? I mean, I don't remember you like wavering at all once it oh, was. Oh, hell no. I was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, once I made the decision to do, you know, once I knew that, because I knew to some extent what Kay was doing to back me up and how supportive she was. and, and I, But I really always remember her and Rob, just the way they talked to me about it. I was like, okay, maybe I could actually do this. Um. That's so as soon cool. as I made that decision, that was it. I mean, I, you know, because I really, part of switching was to be at, the, at a better art program. And, you know, and that was a huge deal for me. And, you, and you've yeah. told both of them that? Yeah, I believe so. That's I know cool. I've told Kay that. but um, And I think I've told Rob too. But they know now. Yep. Well, that's really awesome. It's I think that that's... Super massive to have somebody like that in your life. Well, man, yeah. I mean, it actually changes the course of your future. Absolutely, absolutely. And she had to stand up to the people that were paying her. And I just, I'm eternally grateful to her for that. That's really awesome. Yeah. And eternally resentful toward mom and dad.
just I remember it, it kind of freaked me out, but I, it wasn't that I thought. What, what did you think? Well, when I was really young, I didn't. I was just scared of it. I just thought there's like something in there. And well, also the attic and the basement were really creepy. Well, yeah, they were weird as hell. I mean, just and even just that attic. You no, know, you look up and you see that little square, and you know that's you just it's just this unknown right and it's just a strange thing because that because that house i just felt like that house was an extension of my body in a way i was so i I can still like i could draw a perfect floor plan of that place right now and i just i it was just such a i have such fond memories of that little tiny house me too man I mean, I can just picture it so vividly, but, but yeah, I mean, there were the basement freaked me out. The, that little weird thing you were describing and then the attic, just the idea of the attic. Right. Which was walking around in the, I was, I used to sit down there and draw, you know, like under the stairs in this shitty little desk and little lamp. I'd draw down there for hours. In the basement. Yeah. Before it got super dank and moldy, and I guess, yeah, and and before the cat litter went back there, yeah. But there was that one. There's like this thing cut out in the cinder blocks, and it, it always looked to me like a display at, at uh, like at a natural history museum or at some kind of like astrological museum because it always looked like a little moonscape in this little. I think it was just ash from the fireplace or something, but it always made me think of you're looking in this window into like a diorama of a moonscape. I remember the moment you were telling me that. Really? Yeah. And that's how I forever saw it after that. I thought it was more, I thought the rounded dome was more like cement like, but was it just a pile of ash? I can't remember. I thought it was like a, like poured concrete in a half dome that was buried in the earth. That's my memory of it. No, it was like loose ash or, something weird i don't know mm-hmm. uh, but yeah but I, I can't believe that i spent so much time down there <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but i get i mean they might have been upstairs fighting i mean i because one of that is one of my really distinct memories but i think you must have been there but you were probably just tiny um because i do have memories when i think you were there but i but you, you know you were still just an infant or a toddler so we didn't really we hadn't really connected yet but I would just, and that, I mean, I've talked about it before in interviews or whatever, just about, and, and also just in relation to music and stuff, because it's a very distinct memory of being in the living room and it's all really dark. And I have one little lamp and I'm drawing out of an Ed Emberley book and the white album's on and I can hear mom and dad upstairs arguing. Wow. So it was like a, and the same thing was happening in the basement. It was kind of just avoiding the chaos and, and just kind of sinking into this little micro world that I had absolute control over, you know. Is that, do you, I mean, it was probably a subconscious thing that you've, or did you actually think of it at that time? Is it? Is no, no, no. I didn't think of it at all at the time. I just, it just was an organic thing, you know. Yeah, I just always wanted to make stuff and draw and paint. I guess you know, mostly drawing, but I did I did paint really young too, which I didn't know until I saw those photos. Oh, really? 
Yeah, I didn't remember painting, but there's a, that photo that I put in that first book about, or when I'm wearing the Detroit Tiger shirt. Right. And I can see that I'm doing watercolor or something. I never knew that I painted that early until I saw that. Was that because of dad's mom and dad? I don't know. It was there. It was it was at their house. Because they both painted. Right. I mean, I guess it probably was actually. Yeah, it probably was. They were like, oh, you should try painting. That's awesome. I was like four. I look like I'm four. So they had a hand in it too. I guess they did, yeah. But well, yeah, I definitely remember. Uh, I mean, going to their house and then seeing Pops just in his den painting, oil painting. It's the first time I smelled oil paint. And I remember just being completely mesmerized by by it you know watching him paint and seeing what he had painted and not understanding how he did that you know yeah and and you know just thinking of it now i mean he worked his entire life in the dodge main factory stamping sheet metal and then you know built tanks during the war the same factory when it converted over and and then he would just paint any spare time he had it's amazing. Yeah. And you do mostly landscapes and like boats and stuff. Yeah, but portraits too. Some really nice portraits. Oh, that's right. And you have a couple, right? I have one. I have a landscape from, I think it's from 39. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's kind of damaged. I still need to fix that thing up. But And then Big Grandma also, in addition to working, she would also paint sometimes. Yeah, she would do. That's really cool. What did, did, I don't remember what teeny grandma did in her actual, like in her younger years. I just remember her. I don't remember either. Great grandma. I don't remember, but I, but I. Sitting over there, sitting in the side, you know, quietly. Yeah, I remember that. And I, I do have uh, her high school graduation photo where it's the, a class of seven. Holy shit. That's awesome. Yeah. They're always she, in a Victorian dress. Was she in, in nursing or any kind like some kind of I can't I recall. Remember. I cannot remember. Gotta ask dad. Um well it wasn't really talked about, so what's that? Yeah, no, I don't remember being talked about. And and also I I have a strange sort of disinterest in anyone's work unless they're really into their work mm, mm -hmm. somebody like i don't usually ask people what they do mm -hmm. and sometimes for years like i have clients i still don't know what they do yes um and i just feel like if they had been if they're really excited about it they would i would know it just seems like they have jobs you know? mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if they don't if they're not happy when they tell you what about their yeah, having a job, then I might not be happy at the job. But also, I guess I'm just self-absorbed. <laughs> <laughs> I think about other people. I really love them, but I don't <laughs> always think about them. Yeah, think about myself more. Well, I think that's you're the only one. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it sometimes. Uh, yeah, well, I just, you know, it's not that I don't care. It's just that I I need 
in order for me to be interested, uh, somebody else in someone else's life, then they're going to have to interest me. (laughs) (laughs) The burden of proof is on them. That's right. Prove it. Prove that you matter to me. You're worth being my friend. Yeah. No, you know that's not how I actually approach it. But what? No. But I do. um, It is weird. It is a weird thing to be. I do I do wish that I had made more of an effort to know more about my friends because I feel like I've lost some friends or I've just kept them in that. Or just because we've faded apart and we were really, you know, I could have made more. I mean, I suppose we both could have, yeah. whoever it is I'm talking about, <laughs> allegedly. days ago and uh just because it's tv related the whole show and i decided to put in to add these care i was going to do something with them but i didn't know they'd end up in this painting but they they're now they're going to be in this painting so all the television characters that i was terrified of as a child uh are going to be in here that's awesome like who well, I'm looking at what I, so I just kind of roughed some of them in. So the first one I put in is uh, Granny from the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> and then I also have, so my top three, I think, are um, her, not in this order, but her, um, Madam, that puppet. Oh, Wayne Flowers and Madam is just nightmare for me. Me too. And then I think Granny's actually the least, but something about it still terrifies me. And then Ruth Buzzy as the the lady with the pur- that would hit Artie Johnson with the purse. Uh, they, they just all haunted me. Wait, from what? From laughing. Okay. She had wow. a hairnet on and she just would make this face. Oh yeah, I can picture her. Those are the, those, that's the top three. So all three of your like most feared yeah things were like a little old lady uh yeah i don't know what that says about uh, me but <laughs> then the other the other things that i that weren't i just did, i couldn't even watch these shows because they terrified me so much but the the witchy poo from uh from i guess that was from lidsville i don't remember that show you're lucky you missed out on that. It's just Lidsville. Uh, well, Puff and Stuff in Lidsville. I remember Puff and Stuff. I was scared of yeah. Him. Just so, the opening to that show. There's Witchy Poo, and then there's also I don't remember what this thing was called, but it's maybe the most horrifying thing I've ever seen. This Charles Nelson Riley character. I don't really want to know what I don't. I don't want to really 
I'm gonna have to look at this one photo while I make this painting, but that I don't really. Yeah, I, I want to find really, out what yeah, it's from. It's really. It just makes no sense that that was aimed at children. Isn't he like heavily made up with like red cheeks and? It's, he's and, like green. Like he's a huge bald head, and he's green, and he has just the most terrifying. Uh, gigantic eyebrows and mustache that just make no sense <laughs> and it, I, I just it's totally picture the worst it's just horrible so he's gonna be in there too he's in there i don't yeah i i roughed him in nice and then maybe um well there's more but i, I don't know what else is going on that's probably enough just I'm to kind of like exercise these demons you know um, yeah, I love. I love that. That's what you do. That's. Well, I don't know if it actually works, but I, that's that's part of the idea, I guess. But but also, but it kind of just, I guess it diffuses. I mean, it's not like I lose sleep thinking about Madam now, but I I do remember how terrifying a lot of television was in the seventies, and and specifically those those people. And you probably did lose yeah. sleep over at the, at the time, time. I did, yeah i just it just didn't make any sense i <laughs> this guy yeah. yeah this guy was just operating a puppet but you could see him and he wasn't but that was the celebrity was Waylon flowers and madam right only in the 70s with something like that and just the most hideous yeah i, I it's just, definitely it's horrifying invented. that's so awesome um but you you were pretty deeply uh, affected by a lot of what you saw in early childhood, right? I mean, I was yeah, too, but sure. you, have, you have more distinct memories of specific things that led to specific feelings. I, I have some. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. I mean, I have weird, I have weird uh, experiences with like, there was one episode of Fantasy Island that fucking scared me so much. And um, yeah. And like whatever the scary monster creatures that were in that one stay with me for a very long time. Oh, in that fantasy island? Yeah. And it that show was usually not it was usually like corny and yeah. sort of creepy. But there was one episode that was like genuinely terrifying, at least at the age that I was. They just throw those in there to kind of, you know just to fuck with you. Keep you from getting you too confident. Yeah. Um, it ruined your life, things like that. Yeah. Those moment, those TV moments where you, you like you wish you could take it back. Yeah. The the yeah the opening the opening for the NBC Sunday night movie or Monday night whatever it was that had Columbo and McLeod and McMillan and wife and that there's just basically this bizarre. I mean, I actually now I love it, but it used to it was right around my bedtime and I was just would sit there like whatever show was on it would end and then I'd see the promo or the credits for this upcoming show and it this i mean the, the theme is pretty amazing but it, it used to scare the hell out of me this high-pitched synthesizer sound oh, right. and then it's just basically a, a really dark sunset with the red skyline out in the in some on some prairie and a dude coming at you with a flashlight from the distance yeah, I can picture that. I mean, it's really an incredible little sequence, but it used to scare the hell out of me when I was little. It just made no sense to me. Well, it's just, it's like a 
sort of creepy villain. It's like, yeah, but it was actually a good guy. But it, it just it just was so dark. It just seems so strange. But when you're a kid, like any, you don't know if you don't know it's a good guy. You, I guess, you, yeah, I guess not. But yeah. dark character coming out of the yeah right at you. Yeah, um, there are a million things like that 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 damage my psyche. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and well into adulthood too, I yeah. still make the mistake of watching. Yeah, shit that totally uh, ruins me. I feel like I can handle it a little better now, but for the most part, there's certain, still certain things that that will wreck me. But uh, I think my tolerance has gone down again. It went really? up. Like maybe yeah, I think it's. I'm super sensitive well, to a lot of shit now. Mine's definitely gone up, but but um, I mean, I remember one one panel of a Mad magazine from the I guess either late seventies or early eighties, and it just just a drawing. It was in it was in a one of the like one of the uh, it was a little narrative is one of the stories, uh, and it was just a single panel of a clown face that really destroyed me like I, I couldn't I couldn't stop thinking about it after I saw it and it would just thinking about what it looked like scared me and it was just a meant to be you know it's in mad magazine so it was, it was not a horror magazine it was a just a pen and ink drawing of a clown but there's something about it that was so demented and terrifying that I it seriously affected me that's amazing and I couldn't I couldn't I, I have it's so vague at this point but I just remember that feeling and how it just, it just was devastating somehow. It was really weird. It really upset me. It felt like it, it felt like it had power over me or something. It was just such a weird thing to say, but, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I have such a visual memory. I'm pretty terrible at numbers and I can remember numbers and words or phrases or things because I, can picture that like if I like if I'm remembering a number that was written on a piece of paper, I'll remember the way it was written. And that's how I remember the numbers. Right. So you might, can picture it as an object. Yeah, in yeah. So it's right. very visual and I'm not I don't retain things very well in other ways. Um some things I do, but it's it's mostly visual. But so I guess because that's I don't know, if that's me if that just if that's it if it's highly attuned or what that is, but something about that makes images have more impact on me, I guess. Right. I think you're right. And it, cause you, yeah, you're, you always recall it vividly as it appeared, not like your feeling of how, I mean, there were feelings attached too, but you could always recall stuff that affected you and still can. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you can't remember like the rules of a card game or, or like any kind of math. Oh yeah. I, I still, I never quite got my multiplication tables down ever. <laughs> I'm still working on them, but I, <laughs> you're getting there. I still can't like, Oh wait, what's eight times seven. Hold on. Um, right. but, but, but you know, I really, I, I seriously think I'm at like a, second grade math level <laughs> you, you have a total math brain and i just do not have that yeah mine I, mine is faded but i you know that was the way i remember 
I, well, for some reason, numbers just stay in my, I also have a visual memory, but I, but I realized it's later, both, I, think. I have an auditory, I have a very auditory memory, because mm. I can remember, even though I've been pretty bad tonight, trying to recall these stories, I remember dialogue and stuff, mm. sometimes verbatim. And what, movies and stuff, or is yeah, that people say? Yeah, the conversations that I've had. Okay. I don't remember stuff from movies very well. I, mo I mostly remember, I mean, except the ones that have a huge impact on right. it. But there are literally hundreds of movies that I've seen that I can't remember right. having watched. Right. Maybe thousands. I've seen thousands of movies, so I don't know. Yeah. There are tons of them. Like, whenever I'm looking through any streaming thing or any collection I'm like, I've seen that, I've seen that, I've seen yeah. that. And it gets to be ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm not fun to watch a movie with because, or to just to select a movie with. I'm fine watching it, but <laughs> when you're like trying to figure out what to watch with me and you two, just some, you know, it's there's no too fun. many that you've seen. Yeah. It's not, and there's so many of them are gone. Like, but, but, um, but it, yeah, like, Dialogue I can remember from my life in oh. conversation from way, way back. See, I don't remember. I mean, I guess there are maybe a couple instances where I remember things that were said, but generally speaking, I don't, you know, I don't remember dialogue from movies or from, I don't have that type of memory. I don't from movies or books or much of anything else except for stuff that I've personally heard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, like, why can I remember? I can remember something I saw when I was four perfectly, uh, but I can't remember. I forget what I was in, not going to remember. <laughs> gonna that that. <laughs> That's the ultimate. <laughs> you forgot what you were yeah, supposed to I, Yeah, because I had a comparison there that was going to make perfect sense. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I know. I can't remember. I cannot remember a single joke I've ever heard, <laughs> except for the chicken cross. You know, chick, black right. and white, and red all over chicken. Two jokes I can remember. I, I can't. I wish I could. I don't know what is that. I wish I could remember those things.
I, I mean, I, I just kind of want to state for the record the gratitude I have for you and and all the endless, countless, uh, impossible to describe ways that you've been an influence and and a constant support for me. Um, I mean, you've turned me on to the majority of the music that I've ever been introduced to. You've introduced me to more friends than I can count and some of the best people on the planet. You've had like strong, uh, like spiritual influence and, and just ability to explore and, and explain that kind of stuff that's been invaluable to me. And just endless other things I could go on and on, but, um, yeah, I just want, I can't, I just cannot possibly imagine life without you and any part of my life without you being a present, you know, like one of the fundamental presences in it. Wow. So I, I just want to thank you. Oh, man. And endlessly. Saying that, that means so much to me. I can't even believe it. Yeah, you've just been my number one forever. Just like the, you know, you and mom, but you you were like my first icon and idol. And I mean, I guess mom ultimately was, but you were who I was imitating. Um, I mean, I guess that's just kind of natural. You know, the older sibling, you know, older sibling has major influence usually. And but But they're not all, always idolized for being the person that they are, which, but for the, for the right reason, I mean, idolized isn't even the right word because it makes it sound like it's right. Grand, you know, like made grand, but um, I did, I mean, I did feel that way as a kid, as a young kid, but, um, but more than that, it's just who you are as a person and who, how you've always been and just the way that you've always been, uh, open and supportive and, and encouraging and helpful and, you know, nice and all, just everything, every possible great characteristic a brother could have. Yeah. So I think that's, that's not every sibling has that. Well, thank you. <laughs> I just wanted to say it to you and for all to hear because yeah. it's, you know, I don't think it's a, I think anyone that knows both of us knows that already, you know, to some extent, they're aware of my love for you and my, just uh, how highly I think of you, but not everybody, everyone should know it in my opinion. And it's my damn show. So I'm saying it. Well, I need the hell of a lot, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel I feel fortunate beyond words, and I also feel that it was ordained somehow. Like it, you know. Like I don't. Um, I, I don't know. I just can't imagine it any other way. So it's it feels like it was meant to be. Well, I can't either, really. I mean, yeah. I mean, you've just been such. It just like I don't have any other relationship like my relationship with you. And that's, I guess, an obvious statement too, but, but there's just, 
and it almost becomes this thing you take for granted, I guess, but, but, but I don't really take it for granted. I really do value it. And, and, you know, I still feel like we have just this deep connection. that's always there no matter what. And yeah, there's just something special about it. For sure. I don't know if anyone is going to want to, I don't know. Are you, is anyone else listening right now? <laughs> well, They've all logged to, uh, to bed. Stop listening in on our conversation because of... <laughs> That's right. This whole thing's been hacked. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I... Uh, well, I, I don't think... I feel exactly the same way. I don't take it for granted, but, but it's so natural that... Yeah don't think about it being weird yeah and i never did until i heard other people say it so about it you know other siblings say like oh i don't have that kind of relationship with mine Probably. yeah i've heard people say that too and that was i was like oh i guess I, yeah it is different and it is yeah. really special and i guess we won <laughs> we win um, we win brothers but I the do feel show. bad about the time, like the, 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 I guess when I was in, when I was at my lowest point in junior high, when I was like taking shit out on you, like, like, and it only, I feel like it only went on for a short period. And I was, and I, I knew what I was doing at the time, I think. I mean, just like, you know, I was at the bottom of the totem pole. So the only, you know, I had to take it out on you, you know, cause I, cause I was, you know, so you found a smaller totem pole that somebody else was at the bottom of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but the, well, I guess it, well, no, still at that point I was just, I, I, I didn't, I grew like a foot in senior year. And so in junior high, I was, you know, in probably the, I have no idea, but I, I, I was tiny and scrawny. And I mean, I, I was like, I felt like I was about, three feet tall but a little <laughs> taller than that but I was, I was definitely the short that photo I have of my basketball team I think in fifth grade I'm by far the shortest person and just most like just like yeah just I hate to say it but I think scrawny was the right uh, yeah definitely scrawny but also I was the shortest on the team and I was just yeah you're skinny you're, you're pretty skinny yeah. and uh, muscular or yeah, you weren't a fighter, but you were you were bigger than me. You could hold me down. And, well, yeah, yeah, I still had four years on you, so yeah. But, anyway, but I remember, I remember mom warning you that I was going to outgrow you someday. Yeah, and, you, and uh, well, also I thank you for never uh, reciprocating. Well, just the one time where I, I kicked you. I don't remember. Oh, in New York. No, it was on the it was on in the East East Park place on the couch. You had my arms pinned down with your knees, which you used to do, and uh, you kind of pummel on my one arm, like one arm or the other. Or I was just like pummel on your back. Sometimes, oh, or wow. it was usually my arm. It was like the top of my, you know, under my shoulder. You just <laughs> pound the same spot endlessly, and it would form oh, these wow. big, like, like uh, bullseye shaped bruises oh. that have like ring after ring 
but then you would also tickle me, which was which I fucking hated. Like I I couldn't stand being tickled, and you would do it as a not to be funny. It was as a torture. Yeah, no, because I I hated that too. I just I I you know I hated being yeah. tickled. But but that I I was like I would get super claustrophobic and and really scared and like yeah. shrieking, but I was still laughing because you're tickling me. Yeah. And and uh, but yeah, it was just the very the last time you ever did it because I said. <laughs> You have to stop, or I'm going to kick you in the back of the head. And I, <laughs> and I was wearing shoes, and I, had, I was like saying it between gasps because I really, really meant it, but I couldn't get the words out. And then you weren't stopping, so I, I kicked you in the back of the head. Yeah, I don't even remember that. And then you walloped me a few times, and then stopped. Well, that was the last I, time. Yeah, it was the last time you ever tickled me. And I think the last physical. Fight we had the like last wallop. Kind of, yep, it was the last wallop. Well, I'm sorry about all that. Well, I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not even telling it to. No, I know, but well, yeah. But and I and we've talked about it. The fact that you, I mean, that's what that's what happens. It's just what ha- if one kid feels put upon and right. is being bullied, they're going to take it to the next lowest. Wrong. It still sucks. Yeah, yeah. It does suck, but it, but it's also how we learn and then work through it and learn not to do that. So, and I did it too. I fucking hate that I bullied. You know. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I was in the, I was feeling whatever. You know, what I was getting at home and what I was getting at school from other big mean kids. But you're right. It was a short period. Like it's been pretty much harmony yeah. the whole way except for this couple of years in overlap in the teens mm-hmm. and that's pretty typical yeah i still always felt shitty about it but well don't we feel talk shitty. about it yeah i don't hold you uh, i'm not yeah. i'm no longer upset about it and i don't think i have been for a long time and i think it's because of all these other things that show very obviously that you love me and care about me so i haven't had to doubt that ever so that's that's huge because i've doubted it with every you know almost everybody else (laughs) you and mom not i don't and my kid but yeah well i'm i'm again just super uh just could not be happier to have you as my guide in so many ways thanks man I'm so glad that we've been able to maintain it like without yeah. without any break. Like you know, never I never stopped wanting you to be my friend and my brother. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, I mean I do you know, I mean I do think that we I guess it is pretty remarkable that we that we get along so well. Yeah, after Nearly 50 years. Yeah. It's pretty good. Let's keep going. All right. <laughs> or let's just start fighting now. Yeah, we should start. No, I don't like you as much. Remember all that stuff I said? Well. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I love you. Thank you so much for everything, for every moment of my. 48 years 
And um, and thanks for talking tonight. Yeah, man. Well, thank you, and thanks for saying all that. It means a lot to me. I truly mean it, and uh, and uh, yeah, you're the best. Could not have done better. Oh, thanks, man. You too. Thanks, brother. All right, I love you. I love you, man. Sleep well. All right, you too. All right, bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. I uh, hope you were able to tell us apart. I think I'm a bit more nasally and more likely to sound like a doofus. Um, I didn't mention this at the beginning because I wanted it to be a surprise, but uh, this is part one of two. Uh, so there will be another episode, another full episode next week wherein we talk about movie villains and David Lynch and we tell real-life ghost stories. So uh, please tune in for part two next week. Uh, And in the meantime, if you would like to see my brother's work, and I assure you, you would, um, if you haven't already, please go check out his beautiful artwork at ewhite.com. There you can get a sense of what his paintings are like and look through some of his more recent works. Um, And even better would be to check out his book. Uh, There's a Rizzoli book of Eric's paintings. It's, I think, the most comprehensive book to date of of his work, and it's just beautiful. Um... It's, I can't even say anything about it that would be nearly as good as looking at the real thing. So check that out. You can find a link through his website, which again is ewhite.com. And you can also find him on Instagram at e underscore whitey, W-H-I-T-E-Y. Uh, and you'll also see some some of his work there and also works in progress and uh, close, you know, details and things like that. Uh, I would say upcoming events, but there aren't any at the moment. However, he is represented by Grimm Gallery. That's G-R-I-M-M. And you can go to GrimGallery.com to see more about him there. So I just want to thank my brother again, um, not just for being a guest, but for being such an amazing person and such a massive presence in my life uh, for the entire thing. There's nobody else who has uh, been a bigger influence on me and also just a very kind and loving person, uh, very supportive and encouraging all along the way. So I could not be more grateful Um And if I could be, well, then, darn it, I'm going to try to be. Uh, I'm just going to say it more often so that it's clear that I am grateful. And I'm grateful for our parents for uh, coming together to 
have and raise us. So thanks, Mom and Dad. And I shan't forget you, the listener. Thank you so much. I appreciate you greatly. And I value your existence in the universe. I also appreciate your input. So if you want to talk to me, email at outspokenpodcast.com. If you want to follow my Instagram, which I hardly ever post on, that would be at outspoken underscore podcast. And if you want to support the show, you can do so over at patreon.com slash outspoken podcast. And there you can throw a couple bucks my way and I will throw something your way. And maybe you'll catch it and even like it. So I hope so. But whatever you do, I'm just going to keep on loving you. See you next week. Bye.